TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 520, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis, also from Los Angeles. Hey, this is Peter from Chicago. I live in Hollywood now. Uh, Giving your life stories now? (laughs) I was born in a little cabin. (laughs) Well, if we're doing that, I was born in Korea, so. (laughs) Sorry, 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 Peter. Peter, start again, please. Hey, this is Peter. I'm originally from Chicago, living in Los Angeles, and I write for whysoblue.com. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, uh, Tom is going to give us the news. Yes. ABC's L.A. Law sequel series. It's only at the pilot stage, but it's one of their IPs since they acquired 20th Century. Has added Corbin Burnson to reprise his role as Arnie Becker. Apple TV Plus announced that Mythic Quest has been renewed for seasons three and four. Yay! And they also announced that Meryl Streep, Gemma Chan, and David Schwimmer are among nine cast in Extrapolations, a climate change anthology series. CBS has given Ghost a full season order. Ghost? Disney Plus Ghost? has Ghost? bought international rights for Hulu's The Hardy Boys. Uh, question, Tom, what is Ghost? Ghost is an alleged sitcom on CBS. I say alleged because people I know who've seen it did not like it at all. <laughs> okay, then continue. Um, FX has canceled Why the Last Man. Why? Because it was terrible. (laughs) Um, HBO and HBO Max have added 1.9 million subscribers worldwide. However, international growth has offset a drop in U.S. customers. Uh, Betty Gilpin is going to star in Blood Sugar for uh, HBO regular. Hulu has ordered History of the World Part 2 as a variety series. Mel Grips, Mel Brooks is going to write an executive producer. So we finally get to see Jews in space. Yay! <laughs> um, Jesse Spencer left Chicago Fire in episode 200, which is a big to-do. He went from house to Chicago Fire, which is he's basically like, I'm kind of tired of network TV. I need a break. But they didn't kill him off. Uh, Netflix has added 4.4 million subscribers worldwide in quarter three, thanks to Squid Game. And they're going to soon start reporting viewership stats regularly instead of just mm. bragging on their earnings calls. But they're going to report them as the total number of hours viewed during a program's first 28 days. Uh, for years, they only reported households who watched a small portion of a program. That pretty much brings in line with what Nielsen did before they got decertified to do ratings. Um, Netflix has renewed Family Reunion for third, its third and final season. The To All the Boys I Loved Before movie is getting a series spinoff with the lead. Paramount Plus has announced that Michael Gandolfini from Many Saints of Newark and Zach Shore from Hunters have joined The Offer, the behind the scenes of the making of The Godfather. Showtime has announced that Uma Thurman is going to play Ariana Huffington in the super-pumped Uber Limited series. Stars 
has announced that the John Wick's prequel series, The Continental, has cast Colin Woodell in the lead role. And Twitter is teaming with Variety to launch trending TV charts, basically regularly uh, putting out what shows are the most tweeted about. I was like, is that how just Twitter trends? But whatever. All right. They're partnering with Variety, which means you're going to get probably a weekly you're going to probably get a weekly feature like they do with uh, ratings. Okay. All right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this week's episode had a thing that happened. Somebody. Um, Russian thing. Oh, right. Because this is the one where um, Nolan basically uh, brags against his girlfriend to see who has the better story. And her story <laughs> sounds pretty awesome with, you know, being in the fire and she has to set her own fire. So the fire goes over her. And I was like, whoa, that's great. And then he's like, I've got a Russian spy story. So <laughs> he uh, so this this episode was pretty uh, this is fun. Like all the episodes of this show are pretty fun. Um, and he basically what happens to the Russian spy. Someone help me out. Uh, someone else talk about the what? episode. Shoot out in a warehouse, yada yada blah blah. The feds get involved. Was was wasn't was this the one with the? I get them all confused because we haven't talked about the rookie in a while. Was this wasn't the side B story? See, or that's not really B story, but was it the one with the arsonist too? And then um, she goes into the warehouse and rescues uh, someone, or no? Is that a different episode? No, I don't I think so. No, that's not the right no, episode. No, no arsonist in this one. Oh, okay. So then I will talk about though. Uh, I'm always so positive about the show. So y'all know I love the show. It is what it is. Doesn't ask a lot of me. But I will say that the story, just just to bring something different to the party, um, I will say that the storyline with the the lawyer or the DA and his you know wife, who's now become a detective, well, big she, old yawn. Yeah, big old yawn. Him being and, a and dirty lawyer is, is not interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, he, he's un, un, unreluctant. He's reluctant to be uh, the lawyer. Not saying that it would be, it might be a little more interesting. I mean, they're, they're not going to have him a goody two shoes main lawyer turn, you know, dark for no good reason. Um, but, um, but anyway, so I thought it was great because last, no, I, I'm sad because last season, uh, you know, the that storyline with her and the baby and the kidnapping, however unrealistic it was, her rescue, like it was crazy unrealistic. Um, it was still really fun. Um, so I know they're trying to give her something to do, but, you know, the whole like breast uh, milk thing and the refrigerator, like all of the storyline, both their characters, not great. Uh, I know they're trying to do a whole like woman in the workplace kind of a thing, which is fine. Uh, I just don't like the way they're handling it. Um, but I circle back to, you know, the funny little lines that um, they do, uh, you know, their one offs and stuff. And Nolan and everybody's in the Russian safe house, you know, and he goes to the. Oh, to he hits the, the button? The, the, <laughs> yeah, the, button the button. And he's like, oh, the security system is really top notch. And he's like, they're like, what, what does it say? And he's like, I don't know. It's all in Cyrillic. And then he like pushes a button that clearly he doesn't know what it does. And then all everything closes down and everything. And he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't have hit that button, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, Nolan's doing his thing, Nathan Fillion with his one liners and all of that. And the last thing, I'm throwing this question out to the rest of you, actually. I haven't decided how I feel about his romance with, I think it's Jenna Dewan, ex of uh, Ch- uh, Channing Tatum. Uh, mm-hmm. I like 
in general, right? Um, I I just I don't know if I have found Nolan because they keep trying to give Nolan a girlfriend. Yeah, right? and and none of them have stuck. Yeah, none of them have stuck, and I don't know that I like any. You know, so I don't. I haven't decided if I like her, but I will say that it was cool, and they explained it when they were trapped in the when when a evidence locker. They had that big fight. Back. Yeah. Yeah, and she breaks out and she holds her own against the Russian spy and I literally was like, "What? This is what kind of a fire, you know, man does this and you know, blah, blah. and then they fully explain it that she's like in the army or you know, something whatever." So, I mean, at least they, you know, they gave you the backup. It is what it is, like you said, Libby. It's a fun show. I mean, you know. I yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do with Nolan. The last time I was invested and I don't even know if you guys even remember this, when Nolan was dating Chen. That was that was the very first what? romance they had. That was in season one. They oh, were together. Right. And I, that was the last time I was invested in his relationship with anybody. And then after they broke up, they kept rotating him through different people, and I never really cared. Wait, that's a really excellent point, though, Olivia, because they make no reference to the that they're exes at all. Like it's because it was a like, secret. It was a secret. Nobody was supposed to know. No, I meant reference to each other. Like right. there's no, there's like literally no wink, wink, or smile, or even a weird uncomfortableness when someone dates somebody else. They, like, they, they did. They used to early on. They did. They did I have guess. the awkwardness like in the first couple of seasons but now we're like in season five and so yeah they're over right. I don't they're, I don't even, they're, they're I don't adhering to the old it. trope of don't tie your leading man or leading woman down Correct. it's a terrible trope because now i just don't care like it's boring i wouldn't mind if they landed one you know what i mean like i wouldn't mind if it was like hot or interesting you know what i mean but they're not none of them i you know yeah i you know if they're gonna do it do it right find somebody i mean they clearly got a name you know we all know who she is and she, I don't hate her. I just, I don't She's know. She's not bad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I was wondering what you guys thought. I don't hate her. I was just, just a second. Peter, you saw The Rookie, didn't you, this week or no? Yeah, and actually, and I, I, I think I, 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 I see everyone's point about this kind of uh, rotating girlfriends uh, for, for his character. But I will say, I did kind of like how this episode had a one up. Up, um, up one upmanship with the two, oh with yeah the, when they were doing the competing Jenny stories Dwan yeah because it was like is it better to, you know is it cooler to be a firefighter braver to be a firefighter or a cop and i i liked both i really actually liked her story of like oh i was in this forest fire and i had to go under and like the like i knew that by doing that the heat of the flames i was in was not as bad as like the actual brush fire i was like oh that's kind of a cool story like and then it all comes together at the end, they're a part of this big thing with, with the Russian spy um, to what Houston was saying with the hand-to-hand combat. So actually, I thought that was all pretty enjoyable. Um, I agree yeah. with you guys. I, I like the lawyer guy. Like, I don't mind him as a character, but I'm really... Yeah. As, as soon as they started that, I was like, oh, he's going to have to be with the crooked, with the whole crime cartel. I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. Like, but, eh. Yeah. But I still, I still even, enjoy it. They don't even do it well. Nah, but well, we can tell they weren't go going to. But we need, we need to wrap. We need to wrap this up. We need to wrap. But this yeah, up. so I mean, I like the rookie. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's always enjoyable. It delivers uh, what I want. By the way, uh, all right, all right. By no, the way, arson is in it. Wait, what? It's an arson story. The site is arson. There's arson in the. It, she she drags that body out of the warehouse. I'm just saying. I I just watched it. Oh, all that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. right, right. Uh, next up, 
we're going to talk about only murders in the building and that this was the finale the season finale and we made crazy predictions last week on who we thought the murderer was and uh yeah anybody Allison yeah I thought it was a I thought it was a terrific um a terrific finale I don't my only I I think everyone has tons of things to say I will be the sort of wet blanket here just for Uh-oh. a quick second okay go just ahead I thought it was a really good I, – I really – I thought it was a terrific first season. Steve Martin um, traditionally, like, when he came up in the, like, Saturday Night Live and like, the 70s and 80s in his movies, he was a really good um, physical comedian. And so yeah. I thought it was interesting that they basic – I don't know if it was Steve Martin's idea or something – but they give him this thing in the finale where basically because he's been poisoned, he can't really control his body. So he has this whole thing where it's like he's sort of limply like trying to be in the elevator to hit the buttons. I really thought that thing went on too long. Like I was like, yeah, like really? again, again, I get Steve Martin is a master at that kind of stuff. I just it was the it's the only thing in the finale that I was like, eh, I don't really need this. But I, I I overall really liked it. But let me hear what everyone else thought. Uh, Peter's crazy. Uh, I actually... <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the, the, you, you singled out the thing that I was one of the my favorite parts of the yes! alley. I you know Mark, Steve Martin really? for so long has been doing a, uh, a lot of you know much more sophisticated pieces, and and he's kind of left that that wild and crazy guy behind. And yeah. so it was really fun to see him. It, it, it was like, oh, yes, that's right. He does physical comedy fantastically. And they, the whole sequence with him and the elevator, <laughs> I was laughing so hard, I was crying. And wow, right. especially later on when they're down in the boiler room and he gets up and starts. Oh, yeah, that's so <laughs> great. That's great. That's great. And, I, I and love then it. you get the real life version of what's going on. <laughs> and I was like, I just lost it completely. I was it was I was laughing so hard. Hey, come, on, really... come on, Peter, the whole bit where he first gets poisoned and he has to try to dial his phone and do the recording. All of that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was no, no, no. I, I, All of it. I'm okay with that. Honestly, it's just it's once he leaves the his room his apartment and it's the whole like snails crawl to the elevator and then the people find him in the elevator but they don't care. Like all that. I was like, eh. but but Allison's right. Yes. The speech was a great what? like that moment is very good. It's a good payoff. I agree. And, I, and this I want to rebut Go ahead, sting, Tom. The sting gag with the phone was hysterical too. <laughs> When Siri starts playing Fields of Gold. Oh, yeah, because he's trying to... He's like, Siri, oh, yes, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, what a callback. That is a great callback. I I just want to... I mean, not. I don't want to be a pylon, Peter, but um, I just want to <laughs> rebut also, specifically, that to me was actually part of the brilliance that it went on so long. Like, it actually made it so much funnier for me because it was so ridiculously long. Do you know what I mean? Like, I felt the you know the length of it but to me that added to the humor because you know every time you thought oh okay finally someone's gonna figure it out oh the elevator and i was like no you know and if this had been a movie i get it this is a half hour 
you know, episodes, you know, series. But if it had been a movie and that length of that kind of, you know, went on, it to me it would have been even, you know, it would have been fine, you know, because the movie's two hours long. But even still, I actually thought it added to it because I just kept thinking, how long is this going to go on? Oh, my God, this is brilliant. Like, what else are they going to do to make it so that he is not discovered? So for me, I, I really thought it was brilliant. And I'll just say this. I, because I was so wrong. I think I was on air so wrong, right? I don't know if we were off podcast. No, we were. But, um, we were on. Okay. We were all wrong. We were all completely wrong. Yeah, but I was so wrong. I was like the wrongest person. Yeah, I was like the wrongest you could possibly be. When if you watched the show, you'd be like, "That is the last person." So I will, I will take my 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 lumps or whatever. I will take my whatever. But here's what I will say, which you guys hear me say all the time, is that even because I was like, "It can't be her. Too obvious. She's got to be the red herring." I mean, they set it up already. That doesn't make any sense. If you are going to give me an obvious villain or if, if you're going to give do something that I've seen before that isn't that interesting in terms of who it is, how you do it, like, you know, make it different, make it funny, make it whatever. I thought this episode was brilliant. It was a fantastic finale to a fun, fantastic show. Uh, and even though even her villain out, speech was fantastic. Yes. It was yes. good. I was say, even though she, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll finish here. Even though she uh, is still even a trope of like a psychopathic, you know, villain, someone who loves to kill and the quiet one who turns out to be the most dangerous, just the writing and how she played it and her speech, all of it. It was fantastic. Somebody else go because I got no, no uh, I got nothing else to say. Yeah, we're wrapping this up. I think we're saying thumbs up. I uh, loved it. Oh, yeah. I forgot, Tom. I you didn't get to say anything. Up for next season. No, I, I loved it. I, 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 I play bassoon, so I knew that that was a bassoon. <laughs> oh, so you were a cheater. You knew ahead of time than the rest of us. But in episode 109, I mean, I, the brilliance of 110 is even though they revealed who the culprit was at the end of 109, yeah, it wasn't. It's like a Columbo episode. We know who did it. Now, how are you going to get out of it without further right. problems? And the cliffhanger, which Tina Fey <laughs> so aptly says we could rename the series only Murderers in the building for season right, right. two. <laughs> no, I, a... I, I thought it was a terrific first season. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wrapping that one up. Thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows. And apparently a thing happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> a thing happened. Because y'all yeah, texted about it, I, I decided, oh, I should probably catch up on what we do in the shadows. And because uh, you hinted at somebody's demise, I'm like, who's going to buy the farm? And then by act three, it became apparent that it was Colin Robinson. And we found out why Laszlo's been so chummy with him this season. Which That was that's great. Br that's brilliant planning for the character. I, I wonder, I'd like to read a postmortem with the actor to find out if they told him at the beginning of the season, if they told uh, Matt Berry, who plays Laszlo at the beginning of the season, this is um, what we're doing. Because this isn't the kind of show that we, where you expect people to die all the time. So sure. Well, you I just do, thought it was, but not the least. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> having met Condi Alexander in person, she might really be a vampire because she looks freaking amazing. And she's been on TV for like 30 years plus now. <laughs> Who is that? But yeah, the whole... The whole the whole thing with uh, oh uh, pretending that Nandor was dead and them checking out his his uh, endowment his penis can you say that on podcast <laughs> well you just did yes, you just did well, his pee pee I think someone 
on the show. I just listen. I was trying to be euphemistic. No, I really enjoyed this show. I'm glad y'all got me watching it. Yeah, Allison, I really want to say. Oh yeah, I no, I thought I was. It was hilarious. It was great and so shocking at the end. I, the, I, when it got <laughs> to that little that moment at the end where where Nandor tries to wake Colin Robinson up and his fist just goes right through his head because I'm thinking, oh, he's going to wake up any moment and they'll do something and he'll die and come back. And then he puts his fist through his face. And I'm like, ah. and it was gory. It wasn't even subtly funny. I was like, Wah! I had to turn away from the screen. And I, I mean, as soon as that happened, it was like, I, I, the show is over and I ran and I started Googling, you know, what we do in the shadows, Colin Robinson dead. Um, is, is he really, you know, it's like, uh, so from, from what I can, I can gather it's, um, maybe he is, maybe he's not. They're they're being really close to the chest about this, so um, I we may have lost him. In which case, that would be a shame because the, it's he's one of the funniest characters on the show, and and he adds that variety that I think we need from just you know the standard vampire. We've got that 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 little you know change, that little vampire. twist. Um, but he's so so. Who knows? But I mean, uh, just the, the the whole episode altogether was was really fantastic nandor's super sleep um that he keeps being interrupted with um was was funny the the whole bit where they're trying to check out his his peepee um and to see how well endowed he really is was so wrong and i kept wondering you know if he was female we would not be getting this scene but uh it was still it was still really funny and yeah, just you know, and of course the 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 guest stars that we had. Donald Logue is now a vampire, I guess. I don't oh know. Oh my god, that was fantastic! They talk, about, they talk about him being in Blade, and that's what inspired him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was brilliant. I just love the lifestyle, you know. And it's yeah. like, oh god. Um, that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Allison. Yeah, no, all of that, all of that was great. I, I thought it was really, really well done, and and they did lead, you know, like you said, they did lead up to the whole Colin Robinson reveal um, through the series. So it's not like they just sprung it on us. When you look back, it's like, okay, they did plant the seeds for it. So now, where they go from here, I don't know because this show is so crazy. He he absolutely could die and come back again, or he could come back as a ghost, or he could come back as his his twin brother, uh, or who you know who knows. I mean, it's it's entirely possible. So I'm just curious to see what's going to happen in the finale now. I just want to say because you guys have hit on everything, I just want to say that I'm so happy to see that. I think Peter talked about this and I, I I like at one point and I in one point I was thinking do I agree with Peter I, I can't remember but at some point I was wondering like oh is this season or this season not going to be as good you know a season two or season one or whatever and there may have been like one or two episodes where I'm I started to fear that and then they just hit me with you know so many good ones you know what I mean so I think that um that the, it's been overall now that we've gotten very close to the end. Uh, it's been a very solid season with some really standout episodes for sure. Um, and I have to say that, um, you know, Guillermo's kind of taken a, a back seat a little bit. And so I'm really glad that they featured 
Colin Robinson. Um, I, and I just want to parrot what uh, what um, Allison said is that I love when they introduced this character because I was a fan of the movie uh, as an energy vampire, which we all know that actually exists in the world. You know what I mean? Like real vampires might not, but energy vampires definitely do. So I thought that was really inventive. And I love that they are featured him, you know, and I do think that I, I, I'll steal this from Allison, but I'll put it out in the world so people can hear it. Nandor, no, sorry, Laszlo is not the most, you know, efficient or thorough or, you know, smart guy when it comes to this kind of stuff. He's quite lazy. So when he ripped out those pages in the book, I've got to wonder if there was like another page, you know, or two where it fully explains the whole like life cycle of of an energy vampire so i can't imagine that they would get rid of this character he's a fan favorite however last thing i will say i also ran to uh, the internet and i was literally i typed in his name and i wrote did he get a new show you know to see if he had booked something else and he to note when they had they went to comic-con or like new york con or whatever it was the entire cast and the writers were there except for colin robinson just putting that out there just saying uh. that's it so I'll leave you with that thought. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. And I blame oh, Peter sweet. for this because I was like, I'm out. And then Peter was like, oh, my God, you got to watch the new season. And we do? well, that's what he said, because basically it's depends on your level of disbelief. OK, so at the end of last season, because I decided to watch the last two episodes of last season, and in the last two episodes, they do a combination, they do two things. One of the things that Fear the Walking Dead, and even The Walking Dead hasn't been able to do, which is have a good villain. They've never been able to have a good villain that I care about, that I'm invested in, that you know you love to hate. And what they did is Coleman Domingo, who has been a character who is kind of a bad guy that keeps trying to do good and then he slips and he does something bad and then he apologizes and tries to do good. What they did is it, the second to last episode of the last season, he he basically gets in a situation where uh, more there's like a, someone's about to launch a nuke and Morgan's like, we have to go through this radiated area to stop them and we'll be able to get through it and it'll and then the radiation will kill us in a couple of days and Morgan's willing to make the sacrifice and uh what is coleman's character's name uh blah, 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 blah. Strand. strand strand he he's not and so he tries to talk he talks morgan into trying to go a different way and they go the different way and they get overrun by by walkers and then uh strand basically sacrifices morgan to save his own neck he um he basically takes Morgan's weapon and like leaves him surrounded by walkers and runs away and, and someone sees it and basically is, and tells the entire group that he killed Morgan. And of course Morgan survives because he's Morgan. And uh, they, they end up, the, the nukes go off. Well, one of the nukes go off. They stop the other nukes. They, no, they don't. All the nukes. No, they. one of the missiles goes off, and it has multiple ones, but they stop them from launching multiple. They were going mo- mo- to launch more. So well, they just... One war, I, it, I should say one warhead goes off, but it holds multiple correct, nukes. Correct, correct. But they were going to launch multiple warheads. My point right. is, yes. So what I thought was interesting is they took Strand from a character who goes back and forth and vacillates 
And he is now full-throated the villain of the new season. Like, he's he's decided that because he didn't die in, in the explosion, that his way is actually the right way and everybody else was weak and that he was correct. And so in the premiere of the new season, you see him vast, like he's got his own new empire that he's built up in the time that since the bombs went off, he's built up his own empire. He's the leader, blah, blah, blah. And he meets this character who's a friend of Alicia's and he starts to kind of get drawn back into caring about Alicia. And then at the very end, he's like, you know what? I'm going to embrace my villainy. And he 100% is going to be the villain of this season. And he's put himself to be Morgan's enemy. And now I'm kind of interested because I like Strand. You know, it's like... Even when Strand is behaving badly, I like Strand. I think that actor's fantastic. And so even as a villain, I'm interested. And that's the thing that Fear has never really been able to do, which is to have a villain that's interesting. Um, so I like, they're like, you know what? We should just pick one of the actors we already have who's really good. And I was like, okay, cool. I buy it. The whole nuke thing where everything is irradiated and that stuff is like, meh. I don't know how much I care about that, but uh, I am interested to see where this is going. Uh, Peter, you since you dragged me into this, what do you think? Yeah, I really like Coleman, uh, Coleman uh, Domingo. I think that's the actor's name. Yeah, yes. He was kind of a villainous character also in this year's Zola. I thought he was really terrific in that. I think what you said, I think the main thing you said that is important is um because it sounds like a, a side tangent but i do have a point here um i was watching this thing about disney cartoons and there's a person saying how what's really great about the disney movies of the 90s is that the disney villains like completely owned being a villain like ursula and little mermaid like she is a villain like and, you know gaston and everything and i think that one of the problems i've had with the walking dead and fear the walking dead is that they often have these characters that are that we know are the villain but like they don't think they're the villain they think they're doing the right thing and i think that worked for a little while because i think it's fair to have characters have their own point of view like it's like well to me i'm the i'm the hero of my journey but i'm glad that i think we're sort of coming around now to like yeah but it's actually way more engaging if you have a character that is intelligent and also is aware that what they do is probably going to be seen as pretty twisted and wrong and they kind of own it. So I agree with you. I think that that to me is a, is a really good like direction for something like a walking dead show to go in, uh, makes it way more interesting than was it Virginia? Was that I, the Virginia one? was terrible. She was terrible. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yes. And I thought the premiere, I actually did like the nuclear, holocaust like thing i thought that was pretty good like i i was like oh this is kind of different because i'll have the gas masks on and everything i don't want to see it in every episode but as an opening to meet a new character who has to live this like even more crazy hard to live life and then he runs into strand and the tower the big building that strand lives in i thought that was a pretty good way to do a premiere my only downside to that is that and the walking dead does this a lot is that i I always feel like when you do a premiere of a Walking Dead show, you should check in on all our major characters. 
And because of the concept of the show, of this episode, they can't do that. So I'm kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on with Morgan. I don't know what's going on with Thea. What's going on with Morgan, like with June. So like that was, that's my only thing that as a fan of the show, I was like, well, I kind of want to see all the rest of the characters. But I thought it was a good premiere. I would just like to offer a counterpoint. Did you see the premiere? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I watched the premiere. Um, I ended up wishing I hadn't. Um, I was bored out of my mind. I was I didn't fall asleep, but I was checking the time multiple times through the episode because I did not find it engaging. I found it tedious. The entire as soon as the first guy took his mask off and I realized we weren't looking at one of our regular standard people, um, I knew I was looking at a character who was going to be dead before the episode was over. So I didn't become invested in him. I didn't care what happened to him. He was, and, and sure well, enough, first you know, of all, well, first of all, the by the third alive. time that Strand tries to kill him and he's like, you've tried to kill me three times. And I was like, yeah, you should totally kill him now. Like, I was like, why, why would you let somebody live who has tried to kill you three times? I was like, you're too dumb to live. Like, yeah, at that point, yeah, I but knew... I mean, the, the, the second I saw him, I knew he was a dead man because it's well, just sometimes like they introduce the new characters reason... at the beginning of the season. So that's not sometimes, but it's like, you know, the, just the way they did it, it just made me feel like the only reason that we weren't seeing one of our regulars do what he was doing, because nothing that he did shouldn't should, could have been uh, done by a, another character unless he ends up dead. And sure enough, that's what happens. He's disposable. I, I didn't um, doubt that Strand, he was going to die either, but go ahead. Well, Strand, um, you know, they do this with The Walking Dead. It's they, they develop a character. They have them go in a particular direction. And then all of a sudden, they just do a flip-flop. They, they flip-flop Carol so many times that I had no idea what she was doing. Morgan in, in, in Walking Dead, um, he's been more stable in Fear, but even then he's done a few but, you know, his character flip-flopped constantly. And now they're doing the same thing with Strand, where they, they you know, have him go one way. And now he's, you know, they, they spent years trying to make him gradually yeah. a better person. Even though he had, you know, he, he turned back a few times. Still, it was like a development. And then all of a sudden, in the space of one season, he's now our big bad. And he's crazy out of his mind and killing people. I don't and know if he's like, crazy. I, I wouldn't so, say he's he crazy. He like he was crazy. He didn't ah. seem stable to me. Especially because he seemed to have one personality when he was away from his his base. And then and then regressed to, like, you know, his, his dictatorship personality as soon as he was back there. So it just it seems like they're going to they're going to lean into that. And I I don't know, just everything, you know, the, frankly, with all the radiation, everyone should be dead by now. Um, so it, it, it that stretches credulity. But, you know, I mean, it's the walking dead. You have dead people walking around if you can. Accept that. <laughs> um, but I, it's just getting to be too much. And the whole, you know, the, the everything being you know this nuclear fog this orange fog surrounding everything just makes it all oppressively ugly to even look at and i just i don't know i i came very close to just saying i don't i'm just gone um so i i'll i'll watch for like another episode or two and see if it gets better than this but really this this episode taxed my patience a lot all right well let's move on uh next up we're going to talk about legacies and Tom, 
said that he had a theory of some sort about Landon. So I'd like to hear your theory of Landon and see if it matches up with mine. Go ahead. Well, no, my theory is why I why I'm tired of this storyline. And it goes back to the original series, Vampire Diaries. If you remember the first season of the show, they burn through plots so quickly. Like, you know, if you didn't like a plot line, wait three episodes, it'll be gone. Right. This thing's been for like over half a season. It's like enough already. Either save Landon or don't, but move on, man. Because it's just gotten it old. It feels like it's been two seasons. It's been a really long time. I'm not disagreeing with any of this. And when they were they were doing all their stuff to like move uh, Malibor from Landon to Clark, I was like, how does that solve anything at all? Like their entire the entire episode was we were like we can transfer Malivore to Clark, and I was like, and then unless you're planning to kill Clark, but she was like, I promise Clark, I'm not going to kill you. I was like, so how does this solve? anything it solves nothing the entire episode was about them not solving a thing if even if their plan had worked it would not have gotten them closer to a solution so i don't understand what the point was of this entire episode someone explain that to me crickets i'm at a loss it was i I mean it does get it out of her boyfriend which you know i guess is important to to hope yeah but but that doesn't solve our malivore issue no and you know and and tom is absolutely right i mean i i didn't watch vampire diaries i got involved in in this whole thing with the originals and they did have slightly longer storylines but this it's like it's not even legacies it's it's the malivore show and it's it's been going on forever, and I keep waiting for another big bad because Malivore, I'm sorry, is just not that interesting. No. I mean, he was even interesting to begin with. You know what no, I mean? Like I... maybe like half a season would have been great for Malivore. You know what I mean? But like that's it. Yeah. And and they just keep dragging it on and yep. on and on. You know how in Hollywood, actually in the real world, even like you CEO of companies or whatever, and they hire their like son or cousin or whatever, and they're really not qualified for the job or they shouldn't have the job. I feel like Landon must have like an uncle or a dad or like a something like that, you know, on legacies, because why do we use him? So why do we see him so much? He as a character is not that interesting. He is a Phoenix. Great whatever and Actually, then like, he's not, not a phoenix him. anymore no i'm saying when they brought the him on interesting he, thing he, about his character he, there's nothing in even i'm saying even when they brought him on you know he was the boyfriend great that's fine be the boyfriend you know what i mean then they were like oh you're too boring let's throw it in at the you know let's throw it in a season later you're a phoenix okay fine i'll give you that like they keep trying and trying and then we spent we spent an entire at season, I think, with him in that place with, uh, you know, the necromancer or whatever, whatever is what it. Oh, and I forgot about that. Into- yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. It's been, it's been, it's been season after season, and that was at least interesting because I love the necromancer. He's yeah, hilarious. He's so of course they he's killed him off. He brings yes. energy to the proceedings. Yes. So, yeah. so that was okay. So every time I kept giving them a pass, I was like, okay, they're this, he's that, and then they bring back the son who was equally boring and uninteresting and I thought oh so for me I I want I like this show because it's fun and I think a few see uh, like I don't know was it five years ago it feels like but like 
you know, the last time I enjoyed the show, I kept saying, like, it's fun, it's quippy, you know, the dialogue is ratatad, and there's, like, you know, pop culture references, and I like the relationships. There is nothing anymore. It is literally just, and now they're bagging on, um, uh, uh, what, what's the lead character's name? I can't hope, even remember. Hope, 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 hope. They, hope uh you know even even the squad is is bored with her behavior and her obsession with landon do you know what i mean they don't even trust her anymore they're calling her out and they keep giving her chances so like i do not know what this show is doing anymore i don't know what their end goal is well i feel like before the mid break uh the big cliffhanger is going to be hope is becoming a tribrick that's where they're going Ugh, who cares? I, I mean, honestly, I I don't know what the show could do to make me, like, care about it. I mean, I'm going to keep watching because I'm, you know, I'm there. But even the romance, Josie's romance, not interested. Well, you know I think I mean? that's, I why they, that's why they broke them up because they, they had no chemistry. Ugh, all of it, though. I can't think of it. Can anyone right now say out loud something redeeming about the show right now? Like, I do really, we like I do really like MG and Caleb. That's MG and Caleb? Yeah, like besties. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But that's Vampires. taken aside. Yes, but, but they don't, they don't have the time. They, they don't really get to do much of anything yeah. is the problem. Yeah. You, know, you said name something. MG, I'm MG something. gets to talk about comic books a lot. That's pretty much, you know, and, and stalk after. Um, and I do uh, want to see what happens if MG and um, Lizzie get together. I do want to see that. I, but I, I will, I, yeah, I will say that the end game where they have, first of all, um, oh, who's Alaric is a terrible negotiator because that he's holding uh, the guy hostage and says, if you don't let me go, I'm going to kill him. When you do that, you have a hostage exchange. You don't let the bad guy take the hostage with him. Like, what are you doing? So when you, cause so when I saw the end and Malivore has the guy, I was like, wait a minute, Ethan. why would he Ethan? I was like, why would you not get Ethan, Alaric? That's part of the exchange. You're trying to save his life. You don't let the bad guy take him with him. Oh, it's terrible. Like that's I was one just... of those because the script says so moments. Yeah, yeah, and then they skip it so they don't let us see it happen, so that we can't be like that was terrible, Alaric. And I still said that, and then. Malivore does a thing to him. I don't know what he did to him at the end, but I just rolled my eyes. This yeah. show has literally fallen off a cliff. I like just so quickly. Like I woke up one day and I was like, "Wait, what?" Like none of none none of I don't care about anything I cared about anymore. And they don't give you anything to care about. It's literally fallen off a cliff. But I don't know. I guess I'll keep watching. <laughs> I'm ask... The thing is, I think that they could they could bring it back again if they just come up with another storyline. Yes, and Drop speed up the pace stuff. of the storytelling. Yes, yes. that's uh, true. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's let's savable. let's move on. Let's move on. We've we've trashed it enough uh <laughs> next up we're going to talk about law and order organized crime which uh apparently me and Yusun have lost our minds over uh in a very short period of time we watched five episodes uh yeah. it was crazy it, and i blame Yusun for this because i i mean i watched it last season but i i had totally not even started watching the season at all and she's like you've got to watch it you've got to watch it and then Five episodes later, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I watched that so fast. It's <laughs> it's fantastic this season, and um, Christopher Maloney thinks that he's Jason Bourne now, 
because he has because this season what i really like is he's actually undercover in an organized crime organization so he's definitely playing he's playing basically a mobster a heavyweight kind of bad guy and but at the same but time he's to, trying to do good stuff in the by the background so what are you gonna say yeah I said, but a henchman, I think it's important to note that he's like at the lowest rung, yes. you know what I mean? Like yes. he's a, you know, that's like a, that's, I think that's an important part because it really makes his life complicated, you know what I mean? Right. And, and he's got to do a lot of groundwork. I will say this, when, uh, you made me the canary in the coal mine and I said, all right, I'll watch it first. And I did say like, okay, it's solid, you know, it's solid, you know what I mean? Um, but this is what, if you want to talk about pacing and you want to talk about, you know, kind Burning of a good story, story yeah. going with it. Yes. So the villain, listen, I know you guys are all going to be bored about it. I'll just make a pin. I'll wear it. Um, but it's nothing we haven't seen before. No, undercover work, mafia crap, mobster stuff, uh, you know, human trafficking. None of it is new. But um, it's but so addictive. Yeah, but it's like tightly done. It's paced well. It's edited well. Uh, Maloney is absolutely, uh, you know, a draw. He has the charisma. He has the energy, the acting skills. You know what I mean? So you buy all of it. So you've got a great lead. You know, you've got uh, it's so well paced. Uh, you know, every episode gives you something. Uh, you know, the tension is there. Again, nothing we haven't seen before. I mean, Russian human human trafficking. I think I first saw that in the movies in the eighties. You know what I mean? doesn't matter it's a series so what you want is that serial effect you know so like give me enough to make me want to watch the next episode that makes me want to watch the next episode um and i will say this <laughs> i said this to libya there I, this is such a uh, a cliche right but there is a there is a whole little you know storyline i think it might be two episodes at worth where he is he becomes attached to one of the russian women who he, he he at first doesn't realize she's being human trafficked you know what i mean and and then he gets involved not with her but emotionally you know involved and and i think this is a really important point they get emotionally connected she 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 works at the diner uh where he frequents with you know other mobsters or his buddy or whatever and you know they they establish a relationship and then he gives her a book uh you know it's the count of monte cristo i won't go into the details but th i want to talk about this point because it's it they they even do a nice job they give you the motorcycle chase and they give you the this and the gunplay and the this and that but they take the time to also uh humanize him he isn't jason Bourne. you know this is a tv show so he develops this relationship and at the very end he rescues her essentially you know and i was so invested like he was chasing the car that was like taking her away and i was like go get her go get me she was rescued and then she called him um detective monte cristo or whatever right yeah, and you i started just, crying oh. <laughs> yeah it was yeah. so good yeah so that's what i mean it isn't just guns and rah-rah and and you know cl you know cliched mafia stuff it like it tries it really does a good job of really making you invest in what's going on which i think is uh, a really good thing because 
um, you know, uh, I think it benefits from the one storyline across the season versus, you know, what we're used to with Law and Order. You know, it's a one-off each, you know, each episode is a one case. Now, granted, Organized Crime did that as well with its first season, um, and it wasn't bad. But this is guns all unholstered and, you know, blazing and whatever. And so it's fun. It's just, you know, it's it is what it is. You're not getting anything new, but it's doing what it's supposed to do really well. And I will it's tell really... like I said, it's, it's really addictive. I, I mean, uh, yeah, once you get into it, you can't. You, it's like potato yeah. chips. You can't stop. Can't stop. And there's six episodes, I think, right now. And I. I think I told you, said, I was like, well, we should stack the next set so we can watch them all together. And she was like, you stack. I'm watching the next one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to hold off until they get like four and then I'll have to watch them all at once. And I was like, have fun because I'm, I'm watching every week. I'm not waiting for it. Like, I'm leaving you behind. No man left behind. Oh, I'm leaving you behind. I was like, it no. was, Yeah, was it like, was good. It was good. And, and then when it came down to it and I saw the episodes available and I was like, yeah, I'm totally watching this. So yeah. anyway. Moving on, uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk about Succession, and that's going to be you guys, because another show I don't watch. So, uh, I take it it was the season premiere. What would you guys think? I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Uh, go ahead, Allison. No, I, the thing that, that was um, really interesting about it is that it takes place, even though it's been like almost two years since the last episode aired, the the show uh, itself picks up literally like seconds after the last episode, uh, the the season finale um, that we we saw before happened. So we've got Kendall who is now you know thrown his dad under the bus for uh, for the the um, uh, issues that are happening with the their cruise line and the the sexual harassment charges and supposedly the cover up that was that was done well not supposedly a cover up that was done to to hide all of that and um you know that was he did that because his dad was going to throw him under the bus for the very same thing so Kendall just suddenly decided he was going to go rogue and now he's found himself in the awkward position of going rogue without a whole lot of support and he's now uh, trying to drum that up as he's he's you know making his way back to what turns out to be not his office because he's now been locked out of it um but to his his ex-wife's place and he's he's using that as a base of operations this this poor woman is just having her her home invaded by like all these hangers on and supporters and and his new lawyer and his his current girlfriend um, are all piling in as he's trying to to work up a strategy to take control of the company away from his dad. And meantime, his father is has gathered the rest of the family and and all his executives together, and he's trying to fight off what's going on now. And in he's doing this as he's flying to Sarajevo because they don't have an extradition treaty to uh, to the US so all of this going on and all of the jockeying especially between Shiv and Roman and, and even some of the top executives to see who's going to be the new interim CEO because uh, the, um, the the current uh CEO Logan has to step back because he's 
poison now as far as the public is concerned. So all of this, you know, and the backstabbing and the craziness is is just brilliant to watch. All of every everything that's done. I think, you know, the thing that's that's hard to to convey unless I actually sat here with a script is uh, the rapid fire dialogue that just goes back and forth between these characters is brilliant. Um just I was I mean, it's as good, at least as as far as the first episode is concerned, it's every bit as good as as the the, the previous stuff that we've seen on Succession. It's the quality is still there. I want to give Allison a shout out because I stopped watching after season one because I was mad where it ended. Uh, <laughs> basically, so season two I had not watched, and Allison's like, "No, no, no! You need to watch it! You need to watch it!" So I took her advice, and she like many times was right uh of for course. me for <laughs> me the third season premiere should have been the second season premiere because it, at the end of season one they contrived to keep kendall from dethroning his father so now we got what i wanted but it's interesting because there's all kinds of fascinating character relationships that happened in season two and they went deeper but i I'd be fascinated to talk to to see an interview with the writers to find out what their what their strategy was. But um, Jerry, it looks like is going to be the interim CEO. But what's fascinating is she and Roman have a friendship air quote, which used the sub put, brought subtext forward, and the writers picked up on that and made subtext text. So I have no idea where they're going, and they're adding a bunch of new <laughs> great actors to the cast. In the, uh, in the, uh, in the episode, but man, for the it's just such a fascinating. I I I pitched the, uh, I pitched the pilot to my writing students a year and a half ago and said it's like King Lear except for he decides not to abdicate and everybody's great. So it's a go and it's lots of Emmys and deserves it. All right, Absolutely, everyone. Yeah, right. I mean, I oh. I agree with their, with everything. Uh, I I. I liked the film. It wasn't mean. Friends were just telling me, no, I don't see you. And I do think it was because I found myself, you know, I was like, you know, there's shows to watch. I was like, all right, you know, shows eventually coming back. Recently, Succession see 2 maybe three, four ago. I, I, it's terrific. It's weird how it's the time you say it's like, well, what if the king did not abdicate his throne in King Lear? And I, yeah, I, I get that too. The thing is, it's more, the first is more, the old man is, the old man is dying and crazy, then the kids want to take over. It almost feels like third season. Kind of threw it out. Um, Logan, pretty he in the first season he does seem kind of out of it and everything, and they kind of toss it. And it's, like, uh, and it's almost like they just went in a different direction. And I just much longer. It's like so much with um, I love, Yeah, I love the cast. I love seeing Shiv again. And uh, and you're right. I'm very excited. Is Adrian Brody joining the cast? Yes, he is. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Brody and um, the hunky Skarsgård brother and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hope- and Hope Davis next week or this week, I think. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, that was great. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific premiere. All oh, right. I, let's, I, we got. We got to wrap this. We got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up, guys. Uh, okay. So I'm saying you. I'm thinking you guys are thumbs up. Um, next up, yeah. we're going to talk about Lock and Key. We can talk about the first two. I just won't be able to participate in the second conversation. I'm not really worried about spoilers for myself. All right. So for the first two episodes. The one thing I have to complain about is the recap sucked. I watched the recap to tell me what happened in season one, and I, after I watched it, I was like, what happened in season one? Like, it didn't tell you what happened in the finale 
like where the bad guys left off or anything. And so I was very confused going into the premiere. Because um, I was like, who is that? And what? who's the blonde girl? I don't remember. Oh, it's been God. so long. It's been too long. And, you know, yeah. I um I did actually try to watch the finale. I, I did the same thing. I watched, I ended up accidentally, maybe someone can help me out here. I I missed the, 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 the recap, right? And with Netflix, it's weird. Like, it only gives you the recap once. Like, it does not allow you to, like, rewind, you know? And I got, like, a phone call or something, and I, like, missed the recap. So I don't even know if the recap would have helped me. But I ended up... Uh, midway i ended up saying to myself like i should probably watch the finale of the first season because i literally knew about 60 percent of the characters and i and i really didn't remember what's going on so i won't speak much to it except i wanted to just back you up libya um because i would really like someone who knew what was going on to explain what was going on because <laughs> I, I was like i think i enjoyed the show and i was like i think this is the reason i liked it so you know um for me i think i remember saying that the keys were really great yes, you know um, i really like the keys that's true I mean, lock and key, but like, but for real, like I liked, uh, there were so many and I loved that there were so many different types of, you know, things that they gave you. And the, the head one is the creepiest. Uh, and they used that one a lot in the first season. So I will say this and then someone else take over. It gave me enough things about it, even though I had no idea what was going on and who was who and whatever. I do remember the, you know, the head key that lets you into your headspace and the one that obviously is the one that changes your look. Um, you know, and then I remembered, oh, right. The echo is the big bad. You know what I mean? And uh, the echo. But she had that scene. Someone explained it to me where she was like, you can't be someone who's real in real life. You can't. You know, yeah, you can't like change. Something. You can't change the appearance, your appearance, to someone who actually exists. So right. you can so then, only create a brand right. new person. Right, right. But so, and I said, correct me. I mean, someone informed me. I'm not. I'm not saying that's not true. I I heard that her say that, so I was like, oh, okay. So Gabe is that his name? The one that's the lobster yeah. in the movie? Gabe, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's we a. She made him up. That yeah, last yeah. night. Oh, okay. Gabe. She made him up and introduced him in first season. Correct. 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 Okay. Because I was like, wait, why is he? Who? What? So, okay. So all I want to say though, then, is that the did the show did give me reminded me enough of why I liked the show had no idea what was going on um but definitely was like oh you know what I care so I was like I'm gonna go back and watch the the first uh the season the finale of the first season maybe even the last two and then if someone can tell me how to like reactivate this the recap on my on season two that might be helpful um it's... but otherwise okay you you son if you go if you look through the list of episodes with the trailers and whatnot the recaps are in there too yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, but I wanted to watch the just recap one, yeah. of the whole season, season yeah, one. Yeah, that's what he's the... saying. It's there. That's yeah, what I'm saying. It's, it's a very. It's not much. It's it's oh. very poor, as as Libya was saying. There is not a lot to that recap. I think it's oh, a okay. minute long, and it's it's insufficient. Okay. At least so, I found it to be that way. Yeah. So that being said, I, I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say because I'm I'm definitely invested, uh, and I liked. Like I said, what it showed me, I, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I like the show. But I don't know what's going on. All right. Uh, Alice, Allison, your thoughts? Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to belabor it because you guys have said it before. It's, you know, the, the problem with they don't they don't recap enough. And so I spent most of the first episode trying to remember what the hell was going on and who was who. And I, I by the end of the first episode, 
I did have it pretty much sorted. Um, so, you know, it was like, okay, let's go from here. But yeah, that's, that's a fault. You know, it's, it's cause you go into it and it's, it's instead of really concentrating on what happens now, because they pick up pretty much where they left off, like yeah. given a few, you know, weeks or months, something like that. And, um, but instead of, instead of concentrating on the story, you're just going, okay, now wait, now this is person is who? Now, now who well, is this? Let's, let's what are they doing? About, yeah, let's move yeah. on to the other So, show. so that, that's a flaw. As far as the, the storyline is concerned, um, you know, I, I mean, it was, it was certainly entertaining enough. Like I said, they pick up, uh, not too long after, after what happened before, um, they're starting to get little, little notions that something is a bit off that the person, you know, Dodge, uh, that well, not really a person, but demonic entity, Dodge, um, is is maybe not as dead as they thought, and uh, maybe there is there is something going wrong with uh, who they they shoved into that that hell world um, because one of the neighbors who was so nice before has completely disappeared. Nobody can find her, and and they're very worried about that. So um, we've got we've got machinations going on with Gabe slash Dodge and with the newly demonized um Eden. Uh and you know they're they're like a they're like a pair. Um and you know it it's it uh, I don't know. I, I remember liking it more last time, maybe just because I I was not put on the right foot watching it this time but um but it was it was still fun to watch it's it's i got into Ooh. the story i want to mention this uh because i thought this was an important plot point and libby was talking about let's talk about the episode the episode lets us know that they it reminds us that as an adult you can't remember any of the magic and the and eldest son the keys right you can't use the key and you won't even remember. You won't remember right, any right. of the magic. So he turns 18 in a few weeks and that's like a huge no, deal. No, a, like, a, a few months. A few months. His girlfriend, his girlfriend turns 18. Jack. Anyway, right, right, right. And yeah. he can't remember. Anyway, right. go ahead. I was going to say, Tom, your thoughts. Yeah. Careful of spoilers. Episodes. No spoilers. I'm, I'm, going, I'm only sticking to the first two episodes. Yes, okay. I saw the whole thing because I love No, it. the first episode. I think we're only no, discussing we're doing first. Two. No, we're, we're doing talking two. the first two. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the first episode is called The Premiere, so it's kind of uh, basically – it's the premiere of the of the splatter. The, lob, the lobster movie, yeah. Of, of the lobster horror movie they made. So kind of, you know, basically reestablish who's who in the zoo and evil's – Eden's evil now because she was struck with the whispering iron fragment coming out of the Omega Omega door. And then episode two is called The Head and the Heart. And the, one of the main thrusts is Tyler realizes that Jackie's memory loss is connected to her aging out of not being able to remember magic. So And, uh, and Gabe, in his none-too-subtle way, starts asking very pointed questions about the keys – but nobody seems to notice that he's pumping them for information. And then Nina meets uh, a new history teacher at school who may or may not be more than what he seems, played by uh, Brendan Hines from Lie to Me and uh, Amazon's The Tick. So um, it's really interesting. I It hasn't actually been that long since season one. It was just early 20, you know, pre-pandemic that it dropped. But I thought they did a really good job with pacing in terms of ending with a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, I want to know what's going to happen intellectually. 
But yeah, it's a great cast, uh, great premise. And the uh, the comic book series was created by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. Which is interesting, because if he used his full first and last name, he would be Joe King. Which is probably, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Which is, that's his given name, man. I'm not making that up. I know, but it's but still yeah. terrible. All right, so let's Sounds like on. a Joker alias, actually. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. I think we're, in theory, sort of giving it a thumbs up, but... I my instead of watching the finale, my solution is to find a recap on YouTube. That's what I'm gonna do. They need a better editor over at Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about Foundation episode five and six. Episode five was called uh, "Death in the Maiden." Uh, episode no, sorry. Episode five was called "Upon Awakening." Episode six is called "Death in the Maiden." And just to recap where we are so nobody gives spoilers, uh, the end of, of the Cleon Empire stuff in episode six is he gets to the planet where they have, they're doing the religious, they're picking a new religious leader and he doesn't like the Zephyr that, that looks like she's going to win. And the episode ends with the Zephyr giving this huge speech and everybody bows to her, including his robot second. And he looks super affronted and upset about it. And then on uh, tight, not t- uh, Terminus, uh, the plot with um, Salva Hayden, Harden is that her and her dad go to try to destroy the ships of the, of the guys who've taken over and she's like, we destroy their ships, they can't leave, and that puts them at a disadvantage. And of course, her dad tries to do some maneuvering, and he ends up getting killed, and there's a huge explosion, and they can, they do what they want to do, but then uh, now her dad's dead and she's upset. Uh, and then the story with Gail ends with her being on, stuck on this ship. She wakes up in the pod, and she's stuck on the ship. But uh, it, it won't give her access to anything. And so she has to use math. She has to use math to figure out where she is, what's going on. And she's basically, the entire episode, she's by herself uh, trying to figure it out. And at the very end of the episode, uh, uh, an AI version of Harry Seldon pops up in credits. So that's as far as those storylines go. So that we will not give, we do not, so we know where we are. Okay? Five and six? Is that, wait, are you saying that's five and six? That is correct. You know, you guys know I love flashbacks. I mean, I tend to, you know, origin stories, flashbacks have done well, I guess, because I, I really like, you know, getting that extra information of who I'm watching uh, and it's it sort of kind of leading up to it. Um, so I thought the uh, flashback scenes uh, where she has. Uh, that whole interaction with her mentor and he's, you know, his conviction is so strong, you know, believing in education and math and uh, knowledge. And he's willing to you know, die gets, for the books. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and he does, you know, <laughs> and um, you know, they throw him, you know, into the river or sorry, the ocean waited and he sinks to the bottom with his books, with all that information. And later on when everybody is sleeping, uh, Gail dives into the water and you know retrieves the books. So right. I thought I think that's you know very it was powerful and it was you know and I think it was really important because it shows you know that you know that she's willing to you know even you know endure the 
the you know the the you know seeing her dead you know master uh, mentor floating in the sea you know to get those books so clearly she's super committed uh to to the idea of of, of i like that because it brings a real weight to who she is you know and how committed she is uh and really how smart she is so i liked all of that um and then uh somebody remind me libya what happens else in that episode because that was a good first half of it well, in, the, in that episode with Gail, she is, when she's down in a flashback, she wakes up in the pod, she figures out how to get out of there into the room, and the computer very helpfully tells her she has no access to anything. And she's trying okay. to figure out where the ship is going, what the ship is, what's happening. Um, she manages to get into the records and find out what happened on the ship after she left. That she It's third one, she finds out it's 35 years later. And that once she left the ship, she finds out that uh, her boyfriend was executed, spaced uh, for, uh, cur- right. for killing Harry. She finds that out. And then she does the math and figures out where the ship is going and that it's going to Harry's homeworld. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I liked this episode. Uh, I, I thought, you know, by the time it's episode five, right? And well, yeah. I think there's total a lot happens we learn a lot i should say you know what i mean there's you know there's a whole action sequence on terminus there's a whole backstory then it brings us to the the current time you know so for me i feel like the the story the for those of you who bailed and didn't like it and and you're absolutely entitled to your opinion um for me it's definitely in you're in it now you know what i mean like a lot happens you're given a lot of information it's very interesting uh you know the you've got a lot to kind of hold on to and of course it's beautiful so yeah i definitely liked episode five if somebody else wants to keep talking about five well um the other the other thing is that's uh in six in connection to the whole uh race being executed they actually have uh salva have a flashback to see the conversation between race and harry where harry tells him you have to kill me now because she she referring to gail is gonna mess up all my calculations so right. you he's like you kill me you go to the escape pod you don't stop you don't say goodbye to her you can't let her be implicated in my death at all so you and he tells him the whole plan but of course we know like like five seconds after he stabs harry she walks in and sees everything and is then obviously implicated in everything which is why right. he ends up throwing her in the pod instead of going himself so it's like between the two episodes and the two flashbacks you kind of put it all together. Right, 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 right. Okay, well, okay, I remember now. So, uh, but six, for me, was outstanding because um, of all the, the the Empire stuff. The the lead actress, who, and I consider her a lead, um, who plays the robot woman, the android oh, woman. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, you know, you want to talk about political intrigue and I don't know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, he is on the, the, the he travels very far. Yeah. yeah. He travels well, very what's, far. What's really go. interesting is she tells him before they even get to the planet that she should not go with him because yeah. she's like, I'm compromised because I believe in this religion. She tells yeah. him that. 
yep. before Which I Go. think is a fantastic layer because she's an android. So it brings up the episode brings up the the issue of like what is a soul and like how can she as an android believe in this kind of ethereal metaphysical religious religious spiritual thing. You know what I mean? Right. She's an android. You know. Um, so her acting is amazing, and it, I love this episode because it starts this. A whole storyline about the android uh, and how she serves the house of the empire, you know, but at the same time has really has her own kind of personality. And, and, you know, and does she have is she allowed to even and I don't even mean more. I don't even mean like morally. I mean, like physically, scientifically, is she allowed to have personal thoughts and feelings? So opening up that can of worms, I find really, really interesting. And I think that that actress uh, gives you so much. She doesn't say much, but with her looks, you know, her countenance, uh, all of that brings a really interesting, because throughout the entire series, one of the major issues is what is a soul? Like who has one? Who doesn't have one? Why can, why does empire need to end? Because they're clones. You know what I mean? So theoretically they're not really human. So to add this whole, you know, other aspect to it, that she's an Android, not even a clone. So it's one more, layer of exploring the idea of humanity and a soul and isn't that all what science fiction is really about when you boil it all down you know what I mean when you reduction it down to its you know sauce it's like it's always the question about humanity no matter how we see it you know or how you know through what avenue so so that I thought that five and six were excellent I really thought it, it gives you it pays off for your investment all right Peter your thoughts well, the only thing that you guys haven't mentioned is that I thought the other thing that is added in five and or I think it's more six than five is um, up until now, when we think of the Cleons, we think of um, Dawn, Day and Dusk as a kid and then Lee Pace. And then uh, I forgot the other the older actor's name. This is where they introduce essentially kind of like the teen version of of a Cleon. Where so basically it was the little kid that we saw in those. Well, they didn't introduce the teenager in these episodes. He got introduced in episode three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then what we see in this one, at least from what I'm reading the thing, because I'm trying to remember, is this is when he's on the balcony and he almost throws him, and and he's with the woman who. Yeah, he asks her to come out of the balcony with him. Right. She's like, "Well, I don't have one of those force field suits." And he's like, you can have mine. And she's like, you know, she does it. So you, you, and you have a risk here where he can basically just, you know, die. either one of them die. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, that's not uh, what happens. But I, I really like the notion of further exploring um, this version because he is not the same. Like, I, I he's find obviously that... different. And this is the episode where he's he admits that he has colorblindness. Yes, and it's the one where they do like... the hunt and everything. Oh, right, and he shoots too many. Yeah, he kills too many, and he doesn't want to stand out. My thing is, I still don't find him interesting, dude. Like, he is not the, like, the exact thing that you're saying is the exact reason why, part of why I don't like him. He, not that he's different. You think that's the actor? I think it's the the actor, actor. yes. He's not good. He's probably the actor. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think the idea is a good idea. I think the execution of it it doesn't work. I don't buy him. I don't buy his relationship with the girl. And I don't buy, like, I know, I, I understand intellectually that he's afraid to be caught by the other Cleons. I just don't feel it. 
And I yeah. oh, I, do, think I, I think the actor displays the fear. Yeah, I think yeah, he does. but I'm not invested. I think I, part I, of it is I'm not invested in it. I don't care if he dies. Like, I really yeah, don't. I'm with Libby on this one. He's the weak link, and I hate to call him out, you know, but I think that it makes the storyline of the weak link as well, and it is a very interesting storyline. It introduces the whole thing about cloning being imperfect, you know, and that, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, you're not getting the same thing, you know what I mean? So that, it's a huge storyline, you know, uh, and I don't know, I'm trying to put my finger on it myself, uh, and Peter, you you spoke about it a little bit, like, I I don't know what it is about the actor, but, um, you know, and sometimes they talk about, like, a charisma or the Q factor or blah, 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 um, is it that? I don't know, you know, but yeah, I do, I have to agree with Libya, it's a little hard to watch because it's important i i I guess i like that stuff more than you uh, it's not the subject i like the subject i'm saying it's the actor that's not pulling it off yeah i guess i like no no i no i know i'm saying i like the actor more than you two i i'm certainly not saying he's as good as lee pace or the other veteran actor but i guess i guess i find him i think i think he does he does more often than not um uh pull off his like what he's supposed to be going through more than i guess you do too that's all i'm saying like i i I think i will say that in the larger scheme of things i do think that foundation like most television shows you know it still does have the issue of your veteran actors are usually just more interesting than your younger actors but that i would say that's not just him i would say like even though he's not in it that much, I mean, the actor playing Raish is, he's okay. Like, I yeah. mean, like, so, I mean, like, eh, he's stronger than that dude. I mean, I thought you were going to say Gail, because she's actually goal. probably the same age a, as that guy. I guess, the, I guess to me, I think that's just the general note of, of, of the way a lot of shows work in general. So I, so I'm not, except, except that, like I said, Gail is probably the same age as that dude. And she's better. She's way more engaging. Yeah. Way more, way more. And Raish isn't in it very long, so it doesn't kind. Of, it really doesn't matter. I believed their romance, and I believed yeah, the passion she, that I, he had. I mean, I guess I don't because I know Libya. You can edit whatever, but I'm pretty sure this isn't. We've already seen the scene where Gail. Yes, so Gail wakes up from the ship, and then she freaks out, and she's trying to, you know, she's trying to open the door. Honestly, to me, I felt that the actress is giving is doing it like ten to fifteen percent a little. I'm like, ooh, tone this down a little. And I and I like the actress who's playing Gail, but even her, there are moments where I was like, eh, she's playing this scene a little bigger than it needs to be. So that's all I'm saying. I, I still I think she's stronger than the dude. That's all. I, and I would rather have overacting than weirdly underacting. I, I don't know what it is. Like I, I know we're kind of harping on it, but but. Uh, I just I I will say this because I think this is pertinent. I think this is the role is very important. You know what I mean? It's like a third leg in a stool. You know what I mean? Like so, it really and Gail obviously is also very important. You know what I mean? So it's not like well, you know, blah blah. blah. But but you know, so I'm not saying like you know, oh, you know, uh, she gets a pass. But more like Ray, she gets a pass. You know, so it, to me, it does bring it down a bit uh, because and or like I said, I care less about it and it is very important i should be caring a lot about it so yeah uh, but you know that that being said it doesn't ruin the show for me or anything like that but yeah i i'm a, i have well, to we gotta we gotta wrap this up we gotta wrap this up so overall i think five and six are really strong episodes 
Um, it introduces a really interesting storyline for uh, Cleon Day version, Day Empire. It introduces, yeah, his storyline is really interesting. Um, and then the stuff that's going on with Terminus is all really good. It's the end of a huge conflict. Well, it's not even an end. It's like the middle of a huge conflict. Yeah. But uh, it ends with them leaving Terminus. Like, so they get on board that ship, and they all they have they have these scientists that they want to use to help grab some ghost ship, and they leave Terminus at the end. And it's all like everything is moving now. Like, there's a lot of movement yeah. happening in the story. So yeah. I would definitely say thumbs up. Um, and that's all we got to say about that. So. <laughs> If you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, on sci-fi.radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye.